0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened. While they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures, As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. But he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon." Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Each one of us, as I have said before, is on a faith journey. We are going somewhere. We may not think of ourselves in that way, and we may not think of the person sitting next to us or around us either. We are all on a faith journey either moving towards God or into darkness. And that's true every day of our lives and every moment of our lives, for that matter. And again, we've seen that beginning in length. Faith journeys, beginning with the woman at the well. Last week it was Thomas. And today, perhaps one of the most beautiful of all faith journeys, the road to Emmaus. I'm sure we would have all liked to have been on that walk. Two disciples are going together. One is named Cleopas. And they're talking about what happened. Our Lord appears to them, they don't recognize Him. They aren't ready to yet, as we often aren't. We often don't recognize Him when He's with us, as He walks along with us, as He does. He begins to ask them questions, and they tell Him, and they're confused. They still don't understand, and their faith needs to be clarified. Notice our Lord's response. Oh, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Last week at the 1130 Mass, I mentioned a reflection of Pope Benedict on faith. Uh, I'd like to mention that at this Mass this week, because it's so important for going to understand last Sunday's Gospel and this Sunday's Gospel on the road to Emmaus. What Pope Benedict said was... Why, indeed, did you not forcefully resist your enemies who brought you to the cross, we might well ask? Why did you not show them with incontrovertible power that you are the living one, the Lord of life and death? Why did you reveal yourself only to a small flock of disciples, upon whose testimony we must now rely The question applies not only to the resurrection, but to the whole manner of God's revelation in the world. Why only to Abraham, and not to the mighty of the world? Why only to Israel, and not irrefutably to all the peoples of the earth? It is part of the mystery of God that he acts so gently. But he only gradually reveals his history within the great history of mankind. That he becomes man and so can be overlooked by his contemporaries and by the decisive forces within history. That he suffers and dies. And that having risen again, he chooses to come to mankind only through the faith of the disciples to whom he reveals himself. That he continues to knock gently at the doors of our hearts and slowly opens our eyes if we open our doors to him. And yet, is not this the divine way? Not to overwhelm with external power, but to give freedom, to offer and elicit love. And if we really think about it, is it not what seems so small that is truly great? Does not a ray of light issue from Jesus, growing brighter across the centuries, that could not come from any mere man, and through which the light of God truly is revealed to the world? Could the apostolic preaching have found faith and built up a worldwide community unless the power of truth had been at work within it. If we attend to the witnesses with open hearts, if we open ourselves to the signs by which the Lord again and again authenticates both them and himself, then we know that he is truly risen. He is alive. Let us entrust ourselves to him, knowing that we are on the right path. Now, last week, the Holy Father said, Let us place our hands in Jesus' pierced side with Thomas and confess, My Lord and my God. This week, we see a different kind of faith, and this is the faith that you and I will know best. He tells them, imagine listening to our Lord explain the prophets and the law to them. And then they are finally approach the village to which they are going. Our Lord would seem to go farther as he does with us. We have to call him. We have to ask him to stay. He will not force himself on us. He wouldn't force himself on them. He's going farther, and they, and they say, actually, they, it's a prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. Stay with us. For it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. And he does. And then two things happen. While he was a table with him, he took the bread, said the blessing, and broke it. The breaking of the bread is this phrase used often in Scripture. What are the two things? First of all, they see the wounds. And then... They recognize him in the breaking of the bread and he vanishes from their sight because that's the way he will remain with his people until the end of time, in the breaking of the bread. That's the great revelation. That's the Eucharist. Uh, Not in his natural body, but rather in his Eucharistic body. The same body, same blood, same soul, and same divinity, but a different presence. And now they can recognize him as we can recognize him. What's the first thing they do? They jump up and want to run back to Jerusalem to tell everybody what they've just experienced. Quite naturally, as we should, when we come here, we just want to jump up and run and tell the world what we've experienced and what we've seen. How we've come to recognize Him in the breaking of the bread. Again, that's the way He remains until the end of time, as He promised that He would. And so they return, and they say, "We're not." Our hearts burning within us. While he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. And they find the eleven there. And they tell them what's happened. And they too tell them what's happened. But something else. In just a moment after this gospel, our Lord will appear to them. And they won't believe he's actually physical. They will think they're seeing a spirit. They simply can't grasp that. Our Lord will have to show them his wounds again. That's how they have to be convinced, by the wounds. And he will then ask for something to eat to prove that he, in fact, is risen from the dead, but glorified, as we hopefully shall be one day also. So here we have this great gospel, and you and I are on a journey too, as I said. Hopefully we are walking with our Lord, since he is always there, although no not with the perfection here. I've said before, in all the other sacraments, we receive his power. In this sacrament alone, we receive him himself. So we are, in fact, walking as they walked and listening as they listened. But hopefully, our hearts are open and we are understanding what he is saying to us. You know... We are going to walk with our Lord, hopefully, all of our lives. The day will come when we take our last walk with him. And on that day, most of us don't know when or where that's going to be, do we? We don't. But it will happen. We will take our last walk. And if, as in the case of the gospel, we have been repentant, if we have experienced conversion, if we have experienced through faith his grace and his love, no matter what sins we may have committed, we may hope that he would say something to us such as was suggested in today's Gospel. You know, it's getting late and the road back is long. Why don't you come home with me but for the time being, we will meet him here. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son and trusting in his love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, especially the Church persecuted, and the Church in our own country, that through the Eucharist she may always be a visible sign of the risen Lord, we pray to the Lord. Amen. For our nation and all nations of the earth, that they may come to know Jesus Christ risen from the dead and present in his body and blood, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that they may know the presence of the Lord with them in their lives and in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our for a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will proclaim the kingdom of God present in our midst. For a greater reverence, for the revelation of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For our administrator, our future bishop. Priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, that they will proclaim the kingdom of God fearlessly during these difficult times. We pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially for those who have died recently in acts of violence eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed and for all of us here that the world will see in us the Eucharist that we receive. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Resurrection, as we sing.